Chocolate conjures up cravings in so many people just by saying the word chocolate. <laughs> the, the magic of words. And whether you like yours in the form of Snickers bars or, oh, I don't know, a travel from Maison du Chocolat. Mm. Oh, my God. We bet you don't know that for about 90% of chocolate's history or thereabout, it was a beverage and sugar had nothing to do with it. Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and this is episode 191. Oh, I, no wonder <laughs> I'm so old. Of Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And yes, you guessed it, this is a chocolate episode. And this episode was inspired by someone writing us on our website, bruceandmark.com, and saying, I'd like to know more about chocolate. So here we are. So uh, let's start with a little brief history and some terminology clarification, and then we'll get into an amazing recipe. So... According to the Smithsonian, chocolate was originally a bitter drink made from fermented ground cacao beans, and it was not sweetened. Can you imagine that? No. Well, um, it's not as true. Um, at least that's kind of the current thinking. There's actually some debate on that. But it, um, we do know that anthropologists from the University of Pennsylvania discovered cacao, that is the... The, the pods the, that grow the on the tree. stuff of chocolate, the stuff from which chocolate comes. They discovered cacao residue on pottery in Honduras dating as far back as 1400 BCE. And they think the pulp uh, around the seed was turned actually into his alcoholic beverage. I think it was fermented, dried, fermented, maybe... Chocolate moonshine. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly because they didn't have necessarily distilling techniques. Probably just fermentation techniques, which means that it probably tasted strong. <laughs> and sweet chocolate didn't appear until Europeans uh, discovered the Americans. Discovered? Well, until they, well, they discovered it for themselves. Uh, well, how about stumbled bass backwards upon? That seems more discovered. <laughs> and brought with them smallpox and measles yeah. and lots of other things and wiped out an entire indigenous species. Not the first stumbled back okay. at So back they stumbled upon. on the Americas and then brought the cacao beans back to the continent. At which point, chalk that that drink, that, that horrible drink, was the rage across the continent. Yeah, not the alcoholic drink. No, the, yeah. just like basically unsweetened hot cocoa. Yeah, made kind with water. Of. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Spices. They would spike it sometimes with their own liquor and sometimes with other spices. And that's how they would make it more palatable. Anyway, today all chocolate starts with cocoa beans that are dried and fermented, then ground into a pasty liquid called chocolate liqueur. And the cocoa butter is removed, leaving behind powdered cocoa. Very amounts of sugar, cocoa butter, and sometimes milk or cream are added back in to create different forms of chocolate we all eat. And cocoa, that's interesting, right? Because you start with chocolate, you break it into its component parts, and then you put it back together. Is basically how it's made. And when you buy chocolate, it's labeled by percentages, right? right. So it'll be labeled this as 60% chocolate, 70%. Right. And a lot of people don't know what that percentage means. Why don't you explain that? Well, it's the percent of cocoa solids in the mix. And so if it's 77% chocolate, let's pretend, that means it's 77% cocoa solids, and then the rest is cocoa butter, sugar, and usually in European and American markets, lesson mm -hmm. which is a stabilizer. And an emulsifier keeps, right. it, keeps it together. And so, of course, the higher percentage of cocoa, the more bitter the sugar. The lower the number, 
the sweeter. So like milk right. chocolate often has about 30% to 35% right. cocoa. And baking chocolate, which is 100%, is mm. like no sweetener. It's very it, bitter. It's not meant for eating. It's meant for cooking. Well, not meant for eating unless you're an, an indigenous people or <laughs> one of those Europeans back in 1700. Well, it's not 1700 now, and we are making um, the most amazing chocolate chip cookies ever. Now, it's a recipe that actually appeared very early on in one of our early podcasts right. um, before the crust of the earth hardened. Um, but it's one of my favorite recipes I've ever created. And I thought that would be great to bring it back. Um, and we're going to revisit it with a, just a change of one ingredient. And they are vegan chocolate chip cookies. Now, I, I want to say that this recipe is on our website, BruceAndMark.com. And you can find it by, by there's a search function on the right-hand side of the page. And you can find it by just entering vegan chocolate chip cookies. And we are not vegans. So <laughs> we should explain this in a minute. But these cookies are really amazing. And... Um, okay, here's the whole story. When we when we go out on road trips, I suppose you do too, we, we used to look for junk food for the car, right? And so you're looking for something to snack on in the car, and inevitably we would run by um, a supermarket. I don't want to name any names, Whole Foods, but we would run by a supermarket, and I would run in and get... Uh, some, you know, cookies. And I'd inevitably be drawn to these vegan chocolate chip or vegan cookies of various kinds. And I'd get them. And I'd get them back to the car. And I was always so disappointed. So disappointed. Because? They were always gushy and soft. Gummy. Ugh, yuck. And I, I don't know why I kept going back to the trough when I found out the water was spoiled, as we would say in the South. But I kept doing it. And I kept wanting it. And I should say that for me, 99% of food is crunch. So, you know, we did, for example, we went out for pizza last night. And every time I order a pizza, I say the same thing to them. I order it and then I say, and burn it. Mm -hmm. I want it burnt. And I mean, I want to see blackened bits on the edges. We do the same thing with French fries. I, want, well, I don't <laughs> want to see blackened bits. But I want them. I cannot stand limp French fries. No. I want every – a tray of brownies to me is the edge. Yeah. And then I don't know what you do with the middle. I, I don't know. Give it to the dogs. <laughs> I can't give chocolate to the dogs. But anyway, I, so you know, I like crunch. And so I said to Bruce, can you make a better vegan cookie than this? So I played around with some different ingredients. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to start just like with peanut butter because I often find the peanut butter cookies are sometimes a little crunchier. And that's because when you bake with peanut butter, things dry out a bit. Peanut butter has this this way that it dries things out. So rather than adding more liquid, I could add a little more sugar, which acts as a liquid, and it makes things moister but still crunchier. And then I thought, I don't want a peanut butter cookie. And then I looked next to the peanut butter in the pantry, and I had tahini. Now, tahini, if you're not familiar, is a sesame paste. It's just ground sesame seeds. So it's sort of like the peanut butter of sesame seeds. And <laughs> Well, the natural peanut butter of sesame yeah. seeds. It doesn't have any sugar or uh, solid vegetable shortening as processed peanut butter right. do. And I knew I needed to add extra sweetening. So I did that in the form of maple syrup, which gave me a little bit of liquid without adding you know, milk, which I didn't want to do because he's a vegan or even soy you milk can, or anything like that. Add, add and honey. there's no, no honey and there's no, I couldn't put eggs in it. Right. So I decided, let's see what happens with tahini and maple syrup as the, the major contributors to them. And it was quite amazing. Now, early on when we came up with this recipe, I was using <laughs> margarine. Now, don't write me, don't tell me how bad that is. I know. So we're changing that. And today 
we're using coconut oil. Okay, I just can I just go back for a minute and say that we had dinner with a friend this week, and her daughter is a rather militant vegan, but her daughter said that she eats honey, and I made great fun of her because I said, you can't be a vegan and eat honey, and she said, well, the bees just leave it. Well, that's not really true it does provide the hive with sustenance right all winter long right these make the honey for themselves to feed themselves and the <laughs> queen and the eggs all winter long and yes if we harvest it they will make more to fill up right but and a lot of beekeepers because they harvest so much end up leaving the bees sugar and corn syrup for them oh, to have all winter so they can... Oh, do they get coronary disease too with the <laughs> with corn High fructose corn syrup. Oh, that's nice. Anyway, and then you leave the bee a statin. <laughs> dissolve it in water. Nice. Okay, so anyway, um, what, what we're going to do is put these cookies together really quick. And we're going to put into this mixer here three quarters of a cup of coconut oil. And I should say that most coconut oil is solid at room temperature, although some is not, right? Right. It depends on how processed or refined it is. Um, and depending on the weather and the temperature, standard room temperature, I find that most coconut oils are a little bit firmer than, say, uh, Crisco, which is actually perfect for right. chocolate. But that's solid at room temperature. But I find that lately they're selling the market that are completely liquid. Yeah, there are, and I don't quite understand why they, that is. But Anyway, I don't either. But we've got three quarters of a cup of solid, right? Yep. Solid coconut yep. oil and a cup of granulated white sugar. Mm -hmm. And... As Bruce said, he originally used margarine for this recipe, and in fact, if you look at on our site, BruceandMargarine.com, you'll find that this recipe is with um, solid vegetable shortening or margarine. But here today, we've actually substituted in coconut oil because we found that these non-hydrogenated fat of coconut oil just works really great for the crunch factor, and it gives it, you know, a bit of coconut flavor, which isn't so bad. But man, these are complex. Maple syrup, tahini, coconut. I mean, it's a big complex set of flavors. So now into the mixer is going a half a cup of tahini okay. and a half a cup of maple syrup. No, do not use pancake syrup. <laughs> you are not allowed to use. Do, I don't the maple make, syrup police will be at don't, your house. <laughs> don't make me come to your house and tell you not to do that. We're talking maple syrup. And you really, for this, you want a dark syrup. I don't know if you know, but maple syrup is graded out and there are grades that are fine, what are they called, light amber and all that. And they've changed the grading recently on maple syrup. But you don't want the light ambers, you want the dark ambers for this because more flavor is just better Absolutely. in baking. And I'm gonna add one and a half tablespoons of vanilla. Which seems like a lot of vanilla, and I know vanilla is expensive, but um, what the vanilla does is it balances the savoriness of the tahini and it really brings out all the flavors even better. So don't stint on the vanilla. And now I'm going to go on and add the dry ingredients. So what are these dry ingredients? So we mix these together in a bowl before we started all this. It's two cups of all-purpose flour. It is one cup of rolled oats. That is not instant. That is not steel cut. These are just unflavored regular rolled oats one teaspoon of baking powder, and one teaspoon of salt. And that seems like a lot of salt, but you know what? These cookies should be a little bit salty and they have almost like a granola quality to them. So use all that salt. Okay, and then I'm also gonna put in three cups of chocolate chips. There's a lot of chocolate chips. We like dark chocolate chips. Um, see, it's all about the dark deep flavors. Mm -hmm. But um, if you like milk, cho milk chocolate chips, I mean, go for it. Just realize that three cups is a lot 
of chips. But we have a philosophy around here that a good chocolate chip cookie is just enough dough to hold the chips together. Right. So um, uh, now what? So the oven is at 350. And we are going to uh, use parchment on these baking sheets. If you don't have parchment, you must grease them. You can grease them with a little extra coconut oil or, you know, with shortening or whatever else you want to use. And or you could use Silpat. Um, so and then I'm going to take rounded tablespoons, roll them into balls, flatten them slightly. And so the best way to do this right is pick it up. You roll it into a ball and you put it on the sheet and then you press down with the, the clean... <laughs> palm of your hand. And not the hand that you just brushed the dogs with oh, or did anything else oh, nasty with. Okay, forget it. Um, They're anyway. going to bake about 12 minutes until they're lightly brown. And I find they spread a bit. So I find that on a decent-lipped cookie sheet that, that I can get about 12, maybe yeah. 16 of these because they do spread just a little bit. And not as much as standard no. chocolate chip cookies, but a little. And just here's a little tip about Silpat. I find that cookies spread more on Silpat than they do on parchment. It's true. There's and they do on um, – well, why don't you explain that? It's, it has to do with the insulation factor. Okay. And it, there's a greater heat transfer with parchment or a greased baking sheet than there is with Silpat. So they set up faster then. That's right. Ah, no, that's that's right. Okay, so we're going to come back after the baked and cooled and we're going to test them. So we're already eating the cookies. I am. They're it's really been a while. Good. I mean, these had to bake. How long did they bake? They bake 12 minutes. Right. Um, now, if you like them really, really, really crunchy, you can go an extra minute or two just watch so you don't burn them. I always do. Um, and when I take them out of the oven, I do not remove them instantly from the baking sheet. Okay. I also leave them on the baking sheet a little longer, maybe even up to five minutes at room temperature. And the baking sheet is hot, and there's still a continued heat transfer. Okay. And it gets nice and crunchy. So, dunking. We are a family of dunking. We will dunk these cookies in red wine any time. Well, yeah, that's really good in red wine. Mm -hmm. um, come on. It's also really nice dipped into bourbon. It's also, <laughs> if anybody knows me, knows I love bourbon. It's also really good dipped into brandy. Mm, dark into, rum. Into dark aged rum. Not Captain Morgan. No, but, that's spiced rum. Right, but like a, aged a, rum. So if you, there's a there's a theme going on here. Well, so we actually have a standing dark. New Year's Eve date with a, a couple of older ladies who are friends of ours. And we play bridge. We do. We have steak tartare. We do. And we eat these cookies dipped in red wine. It's it's like the perfect way to bring in the new year or maybe the perfect way to start September, right? That sounds perfect to me. These are great back-to-school cookie. But just don't tell your kids they're vegan and tell their, don't tell their <laughs> friends they're vegan. Just say like they're, they're maple walnut oat cookies, and that'll be great. So this has been the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Subscribe to catch more episodes. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Cooking with Bruce and Mark, same name. Yeah, same name. And subscribe, you'll get every video. And there are lots of cooking videos. These cookies, though, are on our website, bruceandmark.com, along with a picture of how beautiful they are. Right. And you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at our names. It's Bruce Weinstein or Mark Scarborough on Facebook, or on Instagram, it's Bruce A. Weinstein or Mark Scarborough. Some damn... Bruce Weinstein took that before I got in there and I had to stick the egg in there. I was way before you. <laughs> okay, so connect with us on social media. We'd love to talk to you. And since more questions, this episode was generated by a listener. And uh, we'll generate lots more.